You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. When you remember what God's done in the past, then you're able in the present to trust God for the future. Because He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So why is it that God would do all of this for you, all the great works that God has done, all the things that God has done over the years, the experience, the track record, if you prefer, that you and I have with God, what, He's not going to now? Getting stuck in the here and now is such an easy trap to fall into. Limiting God can become a reality in your life if you're not focusing on God in the bigger picture. When you remember what God has done in the past, you're able in the present to trust God for the future, as Pastor J.D. wisely teaches today. Remember, God is always faithful. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 96 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's jump in. Verse 1, Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name, proclaim the good news of His salvation from day to day. Declare, verse 3, His glory among the nations, His wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory do His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, verse 10, the Lord reigns. (laughs) The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall, listen very carefully to this, judge the peoples righteously. Verse 11, let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. Kind of makes you think about that time when Jesus was making the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And they were shouting and praising Him, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. And then the religious leaders are like, hey, tell your people to stop doing that. And Jesus just responds by saying, listen, if they don't do this, the the rocks, (laughs) 
the creation, the whole of creation is going to shout and sing praise. So this imagery the psalmist paints for us, that all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. 4 verse 13, and I love this, He is coming, for He is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with His truth. Psalm 96 has got to be one of the most, if not the most, magnificent of all the Psalms in proclaiming and declaring God's beauty and majesty and the expression that is given in rejoicing that He's coming. And when He does come, the rejoicing is because He will finally judge righteously. We're going to see this here shortly in the next Psalm. But I don't know if you, as we read through it, noticed something about this Psalm and the psalmist who penned it. But it seems to me as I was reading through it and meditating on it, that the psalmist was almost struggling, having this difficulty in adequately expressing his praise and his worship. I mean, he's looking for words and almost as if he's unable to find words that are perfect enough in describing the beauty and the majesty and the glory of God. And so it's almost like he has to borrow from creation in suggesting that You know, the trees (laughs) worship and praise and declare your beauty and your majesty. As we're going to see here again shortly, this, I believe, is by God's design. There's a reason for this. I was thinking about this this last week. Have you ever had those times when, I mean, you're just, your heart is so full, you're so grateful, you're so thankful, And you just find yourself almost with this spontaneous, spontaneous in the sense that the Holy Spirit is leading it and prompting it, where you just want to give expression to the praise that is in your heart for God, the thanksgiving, where you just want to express and communicate to God just how thankful you are. All the glory do His name. And the English language, as faulty as it is, does not even come close to describing all that is in your heart, this gratitude, this appreciation, this awe and thanks that you have for God and all that He has done. We're going to talk about this actually in the context of our Philippians study in chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 on Sunday, a passage of Scripture that I've been very much looking forward to uh, teaching on. It's actually been a life verse for me as a believer who still struggles with worry and anxiety. And that's what that is all about, where Paul says to not worry about 
anything. Worry about nothing. Do, do not be anxious. And it's really strong, and I want to preach Sunday sermon now, but uh, I think it's ap- apropos for what we're looking at here in the Psalms. It's really emphatic in the original. It's don't worry. It's a command. Don't worry. Don't even worry about a single thing. Not one thing. Don't worry. And then Paul, by the Spirit, explains how it is that we can overcome worry and fear and anxiety. And one of the ways is, spoiler alert, (laughs) it's to thank God for anything. To think back to all those times when God, sometimes the 11th hour, just pulled through and delivered you from all of your fears. Whatever the situation was, as perilous as it seemed, God was always faithful. He never left you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And so I'm of the belief that the Apostle Paul is talking specifically about thanking God for all the times in the past when God has been faithful. Because when you remember what God's done in the past, then you're able in the present to trust God for the future. Because He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So why is it that God would do all of this for you, all the great works that God has done, all the things that God has done over the years, the experience, the track record, if you prefer, that you and I have with God, what, He's not going to now? What's He going to say? Listen, I, I've helped you through some really rough stuff. I've got you out of some really difficult situations. But you know what? You need to buck up. <laughs> You're on your own, kiddo. You need to figure this out. I, I've done my part. Now you just need to figure this out. Never. That'll never happen. And so what I see the psalmist doing here is sort of struggling to give expression to his gratitude, his just his worship, his praise, his thanksgiving, all the glory that is due his name. And again, we're going to see this here shortly. Psalm 97. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles in Hawaii be glad. Oh, that's not necessarily specific to the islands, but he's again referring to creation. And the islands, let the islands, the multitude of the islands be glad. Clouds, verse 2, and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare His righteousness. Notice again, the earth, creation, even the heavens, the whole of the heavens and the earth declare His righteousness, and all the peoples see His glory. 
Let all, verse 7, be put to shame who serve carved images, who boast of idols. Worship him, all you gods. Notice lowercase g. Zion, verse 8, hears and is glad. And the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, Lord, are most high above all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. Now this is one of those places where you kind of wonder where the emphasis is here, because that can be read this way. You who love the Lord hate evil. In other words, a command, if you really love the Lord, you're going to hate evil. Or is it more like this? You who love the Lord, you hate evil. In other words, show me one who loves the Lord, I'll show you one who hates evil. I think of the Proverbs that says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. To fear the Lord, to love the Lord, and really they, they go hand in hand. This reverence, this awe, this love, this fear of God in all of His holiness. And what happens when we love God in that way, when we fear God in that way, then we're going to hate the things that He hates. We're going to love the things that he loves. This is why David was known as a man after God's own heart. In other words, it's like this, that the things that really moved the heart of David were the things that moved the heart of God. He had a heart for God. He had a heart that sought hard after the things of God. If it breaks God's heart, it's going to break my heart. The closer I get to the Lord, and the more I love the Lord, the more I hate the things that the Lord hates. He goes on, He preserves the souls of His saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. So Psalm 97 is in a lot of ways similar to Psalm 96 before it. And here again there's this sense that the psalmist is is having some difficulty (laughs) trying to capture the vastness of God's greatness. And he's trying to find the words in order to describe and adequately express the glory and the goodness and the righteousness of God. As I was pondering this and thinking about this, even in my own worship of the Lord and those times when I just, you know, find myself just wanting to praise Him. And I just, I, I can't thank Him enough, I can't praise Him enough, I can't worship Him enough, the words are not enough. And it's almost like this, if I can say it this way, this sanctified frustration. I'll explain what I mean by that. It's almost like you're frustrated in your attempt to adequately praise and worship and thank God 
because this side of heaven, you'll never be able to adequately, sufficiently express to Him all the glory do His name. You know, again, referring to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where Paul explicitly says that the cure for worry is praying about everything and thanking God for anything, and you'll worry about nothing. Think about this. And by the way, the word thank comes from the word think. Think about how long it would take you to thank God for everything He's done over the years that you've known Him and walked with Him. How long would that take? And by the way, what would happen to you by way of a transformation, a renewing, a change of paradigm, if you prefer, just in the process of thanking Him for even just a few things? It doesn't take long. I think of it this way. It's often said this way. I just heard it uh, today on the radio about thanking God in how we complain that we, you know, have a flat tire. We complain about a flat tire. Well, wait a minute. You should be so thankful that you have a car to have a flat tire on. No, think about that. What is it about us in our sin nature, innate within us, is this proclivity to always think about the negative side of what's happening in our lives. And not to just be thankful for even little things. You know, sometimes I'll find myself thanking God for just, I have hands, I have feet, I can walk, I'm healthy, relatively speaking. I mean, we all have our health issues, but I mean, I, I just thank God for all of these things. And when you do that, then your mind now is focusing on all the things you have to be thankful for. And now your mind cannot think on those things that worry you and trouble your heart. You know that research has found that when we praise and worship God and even thank God, it has this calming effect. It releases these, you know, endorphins and dopamine and serotonin, all these feel-good hormones that God has given us. And it's almost like a spiritual sedative, maybe an anesthetic, if you, if you will, where it just calms us and settles us and centers us and anchors us in Him. It does us good to worship the Lord. Never see it like this. God saying, you need to worship me because I'm worthy of all of your praise. No, it is good to praise the Lord. Good for who? Oh, it's good for you. It, it does good for you. It will be good for you to praise the Lord because of the good that it does in you. But to me, it seems that this, again, sanctified frustration is a much needed reminder that God created us for eternity, which by the way, this is what we will be doing for all of eternity. It's not all we're going to be doing. 
But just think of it this way, if you can get your mind around this, for a trillion years, a trillion years, we will be able to adequately, perfectly in glory, in perfection, worship Him. And it's going to be nothing like what we see now through a glass dimly, blurry, darkly. No ear has heard, no eye has seen. I mean, we cannot possibly in the finite comprehend what it's going to be like in the infinite, where for all of eternity we are going to be worshiping Him, praising Him. Psalm 1611 says that He inhabits the praises of His people. You know what I love about a Thursday night and a Sunday morning as well, is when we start with the worship, and it's a time to just kind of refocus, kind of get recalibrated, and shift our focus, the focus of our attention upward, and praise Him. Isn't it interesting, and I I think you're going to know what I'm saying when I say this, because I feel the same way. Uh, myself. But you know how on a Thursday, especially if, if you've had a really rough day, you're like, man, I mean, it's almost, you know, five, five o'clock rolls around, 5.30, let's say six o'clock, you grab something to eat real fast. And then after you eat, you're like, oh my goodness, I, I, yeah, I'm tired all of a sudden. And man, you know, I really want to go, but oh, you know, oh, I guess maybe, maybe I should just, you know, stay home and go to bed early. And, and then you push through that, and then you get here, and then David comes up, and we start worshiping and praising you, going, oh my goodness, I am so glad I came. The drowsiness is long gone. And by the way, sometimes I'm convinced, I'll just speak for myself, in my own life, that's the enemy. See, the enemy doesn't like it when we praise the Lord, because he knows what happens when we do. He knows that God inhabits the praises of His people, the worship, (laughs) all the glory do His name. Satan is all about keeping us from worshiping God and keeping us from praying. The one thing Satan hates the most is a Christian who prays. That's why it is, by the way, that when you set your mind to pray, and you say, hey, I'm going to pray right now, the forces of hell, the powers of darkness are unleashed. You know, if you have young kids, they start fighting. They didn't start fighting before I decided I wanted to pray. The phone starts ringing. Someone's at the door. I mean, all these things happen. Satan does not want you to come to a Thursday night Bible study. He certainly doesn't want you to come to a Tuesday night prayer meeting. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. 
Are you a part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 